Hello and welcome to another edition of Morning Hoops Basketball Podcast. I am Anthony Denou. He is Kyle McEwen. I'm on Twitter at, at Anthony Denou. He is at Roto Kyle NBA. We got a very special edition. We're going to give you our all decade teams for the 2010s, the decade ending two weeks from now. We want to tell you who our teams are. So we're going to do uh, guards, two guards, two forwards, and a center. And we're going to do first, second, and third team. So 15 players all together, if that's how you guys want to break it down. Kyle, I'm really excited about this. Yeah, um, you know, this isn't something that usually super appeals to me, but it's uh, that's kind of the fun thing about doing this show together is these ideas that you come up with bring me into a, a new frame of mind. You know, I don't obsess over the awards for the most part. I don't, I don't look back a lot on um, a lot of the kind of the side things. I guess maybe it's because I spend so much time looking at the statistics for fantasy that I just kind of focus on that and not necessarily the awards and the, the narratives and the, per, the, the general, the outside perceptions uh, of players. So this is, this was nice to kind of dig in and look at getting cur- kind of building arguments and narratives to say, okay, this is why this guy should be here because that's what this is, is, is kind of a, uh, you know, who, who had the best storylines from from the last decade? Uh, there's so many things. You have the, really the emergence, the decade of super teams and superstars deciding where they're going to go instead of front offices and teams deciding who's going to go where. So, I mean, that's those are really uh, the emergence of shooting uh, and the positionless basketball and disappearance of the center in some regards, at least in terms of having a 35 minute a night, slow plotting big guy. A lot of these, a lot of these things are over. It's the, it was the LeBron era. So that's a lot of things were dictated from that center center point where you're saying every other team in the league was trying to beat LeBron all decade. And, and that's why I think you saw so many more teams uh, look to develop or find players who were quote unquote uh, big forwards who could be facilitators, be the primary uh, core guy, both on defense and offense potentially. So yeah, it's, it's been a, a heck of a fun decade. So uh, yeah, let's jump into it, brother. All right. So we're going to show you guys on the live stream and uh, we're going to put up our picks here to start things off. We're going to go with our first team and go with the guards so uh, I have here we throw it up here for you guys on my team. I have Steph. Oh, no spoilers! Oh, oh if I you're watching it? on YouTube or on a or on a you know Periscope or wherever Twitter, and then uh, you're definitely already seeing all the picks. But that's fine. Let's have a discussion about it. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's get into the guards here. I got Steph Curry and James Harden. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of Harden, but there is no denying to me that he belongs on the first team All Decade team. Just an incredible score like we've never seen before i know this era really generates points something you know more so than any other time in in the nba so uh he is somewhat a product of that but there's no denying that he is a score on in line with anybody we've ever seen and uh, almost 40 points a game as we speak and uh an mvp before last season and could have won it last year was finished second really since he's gone to Houston has been the man there and has, has been uh, in the MVP conversation. I, the, when you go through everything, you know, other than, other than Steph Curry, uh, who won uh, several championships, won two MVPs himself. Um, James Harden's the best guard from this last decade. 
and, and you can make arguments for other players, whether it's Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Kyrie Irving. Um, I know there's the Kobe stands out there, but I have my argument against considering him, you know, in the, especially in the first team. So yeah, I think we just look at what Harden's done throughout this decade in regards to his scoring. The fact that the Rockets have been a competitive and good team the whole time that he's been their primary player, regardless of people's feelings about, uh, how good he is on defense and how much he needs to maybe contribute there more. I, and, or whether or not people like his game. James Harden has been a transcendent, uh, very you know unique player. You don't you don't talk about James Harden from the context of who do you compare his game to. You compare other people's games to say, oh, they, that guy plays like James Harden does. So, yeah, I don't think that too many people would have issue with uh, Steph Curry and James Harden both being our our guards on the first team here. Yeah, and I already uh, spoke on Harden with Curry. He's changed the game in many aspects. I mean, shooting has never been as important as it is now. Teams want to have five shooters. Uh, His incredible range, and you see that being copied more and more. Uh, When I was hosting, when I was managing a youth center earlier this decade, Steph Curry and was one of the players that was talked about as much as anybody, as much as LeBron, even though this is a lot of, like you said, the LeBron era. Curry, I think, has changed the game in a lot of ways as well. Well, when you get out on the court, you can emulate what the younger, what the smaller guys do because they're like you for, you know, for the general person. So like you can go out there and be like, I'm Steph Curry. I can, I can take these shots. You can't go out there and throw down dunks like, you know, your sure. favorite players. So right. That's kind. Of, that's a little bit part of it. It's the psychology of, of seeing yourself in that person too. It's, it's um, great to see a player though of his stature who doesn't. He's not a dunker, Steph, and and but he still is so dominant. And his handle is incredible. I know he's. Yeah. Uh, he can pass with the best of them. He doesn't. Uh, he's not going to enamor you with his assist numbers. But that's because Draymond Green has been such a great facilitator, and Durant there as well. I mean, yep. there's so much going on with that team. You're going to hear more about the Warriors. Absolutely. Now we do take a divergent course uh, in our forwards. Uh, we do. So I'm. I've got uh, LeBron and Durant, and you went with LeBron and Kawhi. So uh, I think my Kawhi no argument's pretty. Like I don't think people are going to argue with the fact that Kawhi was the best player on two championships. He won two Finals MVPs. He's got two Defensive Player of the Years in an era where. It's your, you know, your best offensive players are largely wings. So that's to me is just amazing. Um, you know, it's not like he had an easy job every night uh, doing doing what he's done, and and especially after last season with Kawhi, the fact that he goes to the Raptors and and nobody was really picking them as. I mean, people would you know give them a a how do you do in regards to saying. They they have a they have a chance to win if because they have Kawhi but nobody was really looking super hard at the Raptors and saying oh they're they're definitely a championship contender this season. So okay, let's talk about Kawhi versus Durant. Originally, I had Kawhi in my five for the for the first team, but that's when we were using three forward positions. When we decided to use a center position, sadly, that kind of bumped Kawhi for me to the second team because I had to put Anthony Davis at the center position. So originally Kawhi was in my five, but that's just not how it works. Well, I mean, the all-decade team is a, a, a fantasy kind of uh, uh, endeavor with us doing this right now, but the, the all-NBA teams each year do have a center listed, so I felt it was good to, to go with that format. Yeah. Now, so um, I, 
so why do you have Kevin Durant then? Okay, so here's here's a few things that went into my mind about going versus uh, Durant over Kawhi. Um, if you look at the first part of the decade, really Kawhi was a role player for the first three years, like a real defensive specialist. He has come on and turned out to be this amazing, efficient player and an all-time great defender. But if you look at those first few years, he like Durant was already a superstar, I think, when the and was putting up these crazy numbers when the decade began. Kawhi was a little bit behind that. There's there's nothing wrong with that. He's still an incredible player. Uh, they both are, as you said, okay, so Durant is an MVP. Kawhi's a defensive player of the year. They were both 2-1 and one in the finals in this decade. Is that right? Or was Durant 2-2? Two and two? I guess he'd be 2-2. Two and two. He won two with the Warriors, uh, lost one with the Warriors, and then another one with OKC. And yep. Kawhi won two, one with the Spurs one with the Raptors most recently, and then lost uh, that first one to the Heat, where they very well could have and maybe even should have won. Kawhi could be a 3-0 and with uh, three MVP finals, potentially. But he also has the MVP finals, so we, you know you give that to Kawhi, certainly. Um, but I just a lot of it had to do with, with the beginning of the decade. Durant really was already established. And then if you want to also talk about a lot of people would put Durant on second team because he chose to go to the Warriors. And that was a very controversial thing. Well, now Kawhi also sort of forced his hand out of the Spurs. So there's a, there could be many arguments about what was, what was uh, more controversial or went about it the right way or however you guys want to think about it. But Durant got the very slight edge for me in this one. All right, cool. And I mean, we both have the other guy on our second team. So, so it's not like we're giving, uh, you know, either player too much shade, but I, I was initially surprised when I saw Kevin Durant there, I had an emotional reaction to it before the show started. And you were like, what, what, tell me what you're, tell me what you think, you know, what are you hating on? Yeah. And I explained, I was like, well, I can't believe you have Kevin Durant over Kawhi Leonard. But then the more I thought about everything that Kevin Durant's done, and I'm as big of a Kevin Durant fan as anybody, I, I don't, criticize him for his move to the Warriors. That was what a smart person would do if you were wanting to win a championship during this era. Uh, that was the obvious choice. He didn't force. He kind of he went about it the right way, you could say. I know people are bummed that he went to the Warriors, but it wasn't like he... It was a, it was a unique situation. There was twenty. There were twenty eight teams with max cap space that season because of the new media deal. That never happens. Usually, players stick with their same team because or or they have a very limited choice of where they can go. And and generally, the best team in the league is not going to have max cap space available. It just doesn't happen because they've already invested their money in the guys to become the best the best team in the league. This was just a confluence of, uh, you know, a perfect storm for Kevin Durant to look out across the league and say, where can I actually go win a championship playing in a league where I, you know, I'm matching up against LeBron James <clears throat> and, and Kawhi Leonard. I need guys around me to help, you know, maybe carry that load a little bit or to help re- remove some of the burden. So um, I, I don't, I don't, the, the whole snake narratives around Kevin Durant were just trash to me, but Hey, y'all feel the way y'all want to feel. Yeah, and and if I had to make a case for Kawhi being on that first one, I mean, he's really the only person who won a championship where you could say he was the lone superstar this decade, don't you think? Oh yeah, that's the other thing. The fact that you know LeBron and Kawhi have obviously led their teams to championships, whereas nobody, everybody else, it's been a team effort. You know? 
Yeah, it's there's there really is a great argument. And let's get to our center position because really us using centers is what made me bump Kawhi. So there are not really any arguments for uh, either of us here. Anthony Davis, the center of the decade, and but but was, it was hard. This is this was tough to choose three guys in general. It was yeah, it was. It's, this was and, and maybe then, uh, one of the hardest things was uh, who are your three centers and how do you rank at maybe the top two? I don't think most people will. Put up too much of a stink about us using Anthony Davis as a center, despite him playing so much time at power forward, particularly right. particularly this season. Yeah, but um, look, man, when you go through and you 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 look at all the the center eligible players from this year, this uh, this decade, whether it's Tim Duncan, Mark Gasol, Pau Gasol, Dwight Howard, um, uh, trying to think of some other guys off the top of my head right and, now. Mediocre, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Hibbert at the beginning of the decade. I know it wasn't crazy numbers, but there was a while where he was like. They were like, "Oh, he's changing the way the the rim is being defended because of this rule that the Pacers were exploiting with Vogel." Yep. Jokum Noah was an all team, all first NBA all team center one season. So yep. there there are there are some guys to consider, but if you're Rudy looking Gobert, throughout the, throughout the decade and you're saying who was good most of the decade, and yeah. and the one guy who really stands out is, or, and not just good, but like. Because Marc Gasol was amazing at what he did all, all all decade as the defensive player of the year. He finally got a championship last year, but just weighing everything against you know itself, Tim Duncan, the the fact that you know he was he, he was somebody for the the two thousands and before that. But like, I don't think that we could really look at Tim Duncan and say that he was the first team guy um, over Anthony Davis for the last decade. So no, it's just Anthony- tough. Yeah, Anthony Davis scores in ways we never really have seen a, a center or a big guy score, and he's he's in another field right now. I know, like you said, he's played a lot of power forward, but in terms of like big guys, I think he has been the big guy. Well, and he's gone out there. I mean, look, he's as dominant as anybody as a scorer in in the NBA these days. So, and he can do it from everywhere. Um, it's just hard to discount how impactful Anthony Davis is and, and how good he's been throughout the, what is it? Eight seasons that he's been in the NBA now. So yeah, I don't, I don't feel bad about having Anthony Davis there. Uh, should we get onto our second team's guard positions? Let's do it. All right. So I went with Kyrie and Russell Westbrook and you have Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. So the Kyrie, Chris Paul debate. Yeah. Um, or you want to just say why Chris Paul is was your guy? I just th- uh, it's tough. Um, I think Chris Paul has been consistent throughout his career. He's been a a good two way guard throughout his career. You know, there's a lot to like about Kyrie. He he maybe was the better player on that. Um, did he win the Finals MVP that one season over LeBron? <clears throat> that's that's the I don't. That's no, I, that can't be right. No, he didn't. No, he did not. No. So it's, um, look, there, there's a lot to like about Kyrie. Um, I just think that Chris Paul is arguably more of a winning player. Uh, I don't know, man. The championship to me says differently. And, and also Kyrie being the difference potentially in, uh, those three years or the three years of, or was it four years, four years of warriors Cavs, like, Kyrie was sort of the difference maker. If you balance all those out and games missed, I mean, it could have been 
it could have gone a lot differently had he been healthy for all those series. And what you look when he was when he was right, that's when they won it all. I'm uh, you know, I I feel bad because I don't feel like I have a a robust argument for Chris Paul. It's more of oh, like this numbers. is like an Nobody eye test thing. Done. Oh my gosh, for me. no, Chris Chris Paul yeah. is incredible. Yeah, and- I I just I, I'm not going to like because so much of my arguments in these in, in picking this all decade team is looking across and, and look man i'm gonna lean on winning that's going to be the, the main thing that because your statistical output can de- it always depends on who else you're playing with so you know kevin durant steph curry they gave up things when they played together and and that goes true for all these guys now we're seeing it with russell westbrook a little bit in uh in houston though not as much as probably a lot of us would have suspected um I think Chris Paul, for me, he's just stood out as being someone who I think is better two-way player than a Kyrie Irving is. And, and that's why I, I had a hard time putting Kyrie over um, over Chris Paul. No, I think if you're building a point guard, are you in terms of how they carry out their duties? I mean, Chris Paul is as perfect and cerebral as they get on on both sides for most years. So he's just an unbelievable talent for me. Kyrie winning the championship, being on four straight, being the Eastern Conference champion four straight times, and also just off the dribble, he's in a, a class of his own, I think, with in, in the current NBA. Yeah, Kyrie's absolutely the best ball handler in the NBA. Um, and then it's Steph. And then you can have a, a more wide-ranging conversation. Yeah, so for me, Kyrie, a slight edge. Chris Paul was, you know, he's. we're still going to talk about him later, so it wasn't like a big slight at him. But uh, So we both went with Russell Westbrook. I mean, averaging a 30-10-10 for an MVP season, doing a triple-double three straight years for an average. Just an incredible player. We've never really seen anything like Russell Westbrook. And just the crazy mentality, like... And the way he rebounds, he's led the league in assists. He's led the league in scoring. He has led guards by in rebounding. I mean, if you look at what he's done, especially since Durant left, you really—it's he's just a—he's a tornado on the court, and there's nothing else like him. He, the fact that he kind of changed the game a little bit, or changed the perspective of of how to you know the speeding up the pace thing by having him be the the main rebounder on the on the thunder and just how aggressive he played the fact that he did go out and was trying to get triple doubles and huge triple doubles for a whole season to average it and 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 the first guy to do that since oscar robertson it's it's I, I, it's so impressive to me, and it was so impressive. And I, it might get overlooked if Westbrook never wins a championship, though. So, so hopefully he can uh, uh, at some point play well on a team that wins it big. Maybe this is the year for the Rockets. We'll see. I just don't think that that style can win. I've been a, I, I was a huge fan <laughs> of Dan Tony in with those middle two thousand Suns teams, but I just don't think you can win with that style. <clears throat> uh, should we move uh, on to our, you, you do i mean i i think you you i don't think I, any style dictates how you play the entire game you know what i mean i, like, I think just, they're better off this year than they have been because i think russell westbrook kind of i think he helps them play in that more like frantic up-tempo style and do everybody yeah. do it all but he's not going to give you the 
more consistent shooting like Chris Paul has given you. But Westbrook's we'll, we'll talk about him a ton this season when we do uh, our nightly takes and uh, news reviews and previews. But um, he's he's playing his role pretty well this year so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I guess I don't I, I'm feeling bad about not having Kyrie because to be honest, he's in my honorable mentions. I didn't even get him worked into my third team. Um there's a lot so, of tough calls. There's a lot of yeah. tough calls. Um should we get to our forwards on our let's, second team? Let's do it. So we already talked about Kawhi and Durant. You had Kawhi first, I had Durant first, so they each are gonna fall into our second teams. We don't need to do too much there. Uh, but I've got Draymond where you have Dirk. Hey man, Dirk was the best player on the championship team. Um, First one of the decade. So I, uh, I just, I have a hard time. And he played up, you know, most of the decade. He played through last season. So, you know, whereas a guy like Kobe only played like the first five or six seasons, um, and only played well in in three of those, Dirk was still the main guy for the Mavs up until last season, um, for the most part. So. I guess I just uh, I look at his iconicness and say he's got to be he's got to be there. All right. Throwing some Kobe shade early uh, I went with Draymond. He's an undersized for his position, whatever his position might be, but he can guard them all. He can facilitate and run an offense where you have some of the best players of all time. And yet he's uh, running the show in a, in a lot of ways and um, really being the guy who holds things together. Uh, he's the glue guy. He is a rim protector at being so undersized. He can take on the other team's best player. He can put up stats in every category. He's also very unselfish. If you do, you know, if you take a look at his numbers, uh, I know a lot of people that might be controversial, but being who he is, I think he's a one of a kind player and five straight NBA finals. Um, Draymond Green is just a winning player. Yep. He's won a defensive player of the year award. He's, you know, He's got what three championships? Um, it's no, I agree. I've got Draymond as the one of the forwards for my third team, so he was definitely there. And if you're looking at the best defensive players from this decade, it's probably Kawhi Leonard and Draymond Green as far as their impact and the type of players that they've had to guard throughout their careers. Um, and not to mention the fact that both of them have been able to go up and down the scale and guard so many different positions when needed also Draymond's durability and you talk about him and Kawhi being able to guard anybody and everybody but also doing it in May and June and still staying together that's that's a huge deal like a lot of guys aren't on our teams because of devastating injuries or missing time here or there but um, Draymond's very durable and has played you know almost 100 games for five straight years uh, yep. Uh, let's get on. Should we get on to the center position for our second team? Not not too much debate here. Tim Duncan. So we basically, for the center position, we're both going AD first and Tim Duncan second for the decade. Did and he have has, one? Did he have one or two? He just had one. Uh, one had, championship. One championship. This yes. Year. They lost to the Heat. They should have probably beat the Heat their first year. Um, but, but Billy left the plaza and the heat one because of Ray Allen's after Ray Allen's shot. Our, our buddy Billy left the plaza and that's why the, that's he, why I remember him. No, it's over guys. It's over. We're all like, no man, if you leave the, the heat are going to come back. Sure enough, Ray Allen hits the shot. And uh, six years later, we still make fun of Billy for leaving the plaza. 
It's funny that we both remember being at the plaza for that game. <laughs> In the back room, man. It must have been after one of our uh, uh, MSCR games. Yeah, the it was City after League. a, so- a slow-pitch softball game, yep. Now, now I'm feeling like a little bit of a jerk turkey because uh, I included Tim Duncan at my center spot as well as you did for our second uh, our second team. Um, but Tim Duncan only played six years, same as Kobe in this. Thank you. Decade. Yeah, that's so. Right. Um, and they both wait. Did they both get a championship too? I don't know. Kobe won 08 and 09. Or no, no. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, uh, nope. 2010. It's the 2010. Mavericks, then... oh, 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 nine, oh, okay. 20, 2009 to 2010 was the Lakers uh, last championship over the Celtics. Okay, okay. So the very, okay. Yeah, so, so they each technically got one in the decade. Well, I don't think that one's actually in our one. <laughs> no, it's not in it. It's not in it. It's not yeah, in it. Whatever. It doesn't count. Kobe, yeah. that's why I left you out, baby. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Looking for your reasons. Um, okay, so we both have Tim Duncan. He was a defensive force, regardless of how old he was. He was, uh, I think, statistically, he was the best defender at his age 36 season. He also, if you want to go with his uh, per 36 numbers for the decade, it, it goes out to 19, 12, and 4. So, Tim Duncan, even though he was managed well by his coaching staff in his later years, still an unbelievable talent. And no, I mean, you just couldn't score on the guy. He's just a force down there. Yep. He was awesome. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm trying to remember if, if I, there just wasn't as much decline as you every single year you would think, all right, he's going to decline more. He's going to decline more. And uh, nope. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He could have kept playing. He's he's Tim Duncan, man. Well, he, I think he chose a good time to walk away. He was probably like this. There we go. I was done. Yeah. No, he did. I mean, also, if you just never missed the playoffs, he's a very, very special player. Had to be uh, on the my center for Team Two here. Well, and the other thing is, there just wasn't that many center options. So it's like it was the toughest call was doing yeah. with doing centers, especially after. Davis and Duncan and I know Davis is a stretch and Duncan didn't play the last three plus years but uh well here we are uh should we move on to team number three yes sir all right so we had the Kyrie Chris Paul argument I have Chris Paul on my third team along with Kobe Bryant you have Clay Thompson and Dwayne Wade three championships for Clay Thompson five straight uh finals as you said for the Warriors uh two championships for Dwayne Wade. Um, so I just, yeah, I, I thought that made it kind of easy to be completely honest. No, that's fair. If you're talking about Dwayne Wade also, he's, he was like my, my last guard position came down to Kobe, Dwayne Wade and Derek Rose. How do you and not pick Dwayne Wade when he's like, you know, a Milwaukee dude. I know. No, I, I love him. I love Dwayne Wade. One of my one of my all time favorites. But he was like 25 and five and Kobe was 25, five and five and didn't have a bunch. Uh, he did have a couple superstars come to him in in the decade to try and help things out. Nash and Dwight Howard. But obviously that didn't work out. Dwight Howard was gone the next year and Nash was past his prime. But a totally Kobe, different story. Kobe. OK, those two championships. Kobe was the best player for one of them. Yeah. I come on. Okay. Oh Paul no, Gasol or not. Andrew Bynum, probably Paul no. Gasol was way better 
uh, than Kobe in one for one of those. Whatever. Nobody's done it alone, but Kobe has been the best player on was I think on both of those teams. He had a he had no way. Uh, Kobe was the best dude. No, Kobe Paul was Gasol the was the best one season. Kobe was the best. Uh, Paul was incredible. He was incredible, but uh, that's fine. I might have to. I'm gonna just take your word for it for now, I guess, and and do a little bit. I more mean, diet. you don't. I mean, it's it's a matter of opinion. So. You don't have to take my word for anything. You you obviously don't. You can you consider the opposite. I do, but fine. I I would need to uh, brush up a little bit on what happened. In it would be fun to go back Celtics and watch and magic. to watch yeah. that watch that stuff and yeah. uh, and and to make a determination like okay, was Powell actually better this season than than Kobe? All right, future show, man. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah that'll be fun um, watching those seven games. <laughs> uh, okay, so I I do have Kobe on mine. That's what we talked about. The, our last few spots. You let's talk about who we left out of our guards because with you going with Clay and Dwayne Wade, you left off Kyrie. We both left off Derrick Rose. Yeah, Derrick Rose had an MVP in the in this uh, decade, so that that says something. But he also wasn't healthy for half the decade, and you know he didn't didn't really take his team anywhere. So, you could also argue that his MVP. <laughs> Could have or should have gone to LeBron, but that's or uh, even Joakim Noah that year. Yeah, his teammate Noah was. Yeah, Noah was incredible. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd go MVP, but he ran the offense a lot of times, and he was just a very just oh, so so fun to watch passing from the center position in the high post, off the elbow, and yeah. I just think as impactful as Derrick Rose was on offense on that team, Noah was as like arguably just as impactful on defense. I might be overstating it because <clears throat> offense does matter more than defense when you really get down to the the tits of it all. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going tit for tat here. Let's move on to our forward position. Uh, we both have Giannis. And then I went with Blake Griffin. You went with Draymond. I talked a little bit about Draymond on my second team. Did but, you feel uh, bad putting Giannis? It felt a little bit weird, but if you look at, I mean, he was drafted in 2013. Is that right? It was 2012. Uh, 2013, I think, was Giannis. 2014 was Jabari, is how it it goes. Um, So didn't get a ton of time right away with, uh, I think Larry Drew was the coach. Um, They had the worst Bucks season of all time, but if you look at the way he's progressed each year, I mean, all his (laughs) stats continue to grow, go up and up. He had one dip in assists one year, but other than that, everything has gone up exponentially. He's the most improved player. He is an MVP. Won the MVP. He's, I can win another MVP this year. He's Might been win the dominant. Yeah. Took his team, uh, was the best player on an Eastern Conference Finals team that was up two games on the eventual winner. Maybe the most the, unstoppable the, force yes. in in many regards with, with the ball in his hands. Yep, he is the NBA's version of the juggernaut. He has the power of the crimson gem of Sidorak. <laughs> uh, so I went with Blake Griffin. He wasn't on your team. Do you uh, you got anything against Blake Griffin? Um, I, he hasn't been healthy enough, won enough, or this and is that's how it really my issue. This is kind of how it broke down: is you had Dirk and I had Blake, and you could say. Right, because I had you had Draymond in on the second team. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Between the second and, and and third teams, that's that's the difference for us. Is is Blake and Dirk? Um, I don't know how you could put Blake over Dirk though. 
I, I mean, Blake has insane numbers and even last year put up one of his best statistical years. He got better and better. There was, uh, there's times where he folded or was injured when the Clippers needed him most, which really blows, but he was on a, a ton of good, good winning teams in the West when the West was very good. And it's his own fault for not staying healthy. And I don't say that like, you know, look, injuries happen. And a lot of time it's not necessarily on the player. They just happen, you know, a bad landing here or there, but Blake plays and continues to play a game that breaks down your body. He's, he's another version of Derek Rose in some respects in that, like he had never learned how to play at the right speed to keep himself healthy. It was always just a wrecking ball all the time. And, and that's led to tons of injuries. Um, Beyond the fact that he's had like non-contact injuries a lot of times too, in regards to hamstring issues that have crept up in the playoffs consistently. So it's just tough for me to, to, to feel like Blake deserves the nod here over Dirk. I like Blake. I think he's extremely talented, does a lot of good things, but he's also a very much, you know, a one side of the court player. He's dominated a lot of things on the offensive side, but offers little to nothing on the defensive side as well. And you think Dirk is a much better defender? Um, Dirk was pretty darn good that championship season. Uh, and, I mean, I thought he stepped up big in the playoffs uh, in regards to his defense, and he won a championship. He was healthy, too. Dirk didn't miss games, you know. Um, maybe that's because he developed a scoring game that was more finesse and less arduous. I just felt like... Blake Griffin's numbers were too eye popping to keep off uh, of he, my of my list. He dunked over a car. He dunked <laughs> over a car. I wasn't going to mention that. It was just a Kia. I mean, come on, guys. No, he had some of the best, um, uh, like underground commercials during the the NBA uh, uh, freeze out. What was that? The lockout that lockout. they had. Freeze yeah, out. there was like a. a a lockout sales ad that he did with Kevin Love that was hilarious. He's, you know, he, he likes to do comedy on the side. There's a lot of things that are that's great about Blake Griffin, but but he wasn't as good as Dirk Nowitzki. All right, agree to disagree. Should we get on to some honor? Oh no, we got to get to this. Was the toughest call of all? Was the third team center position? I'm I'm not particularly pleased with this, but Dwight Howard was my guy, and you have Marcus All. Dwight was on a few all NBA first teams this he year to, to start the, or this decade to, uh, yeah. to open it up. So um, I think what made me lean away from Dwight was the fact that he, he wasn't deep in the playoffs on any teams during this decade His the Orlando team that he took deep into, you know, took to the finals was in uh, 2008, 2009 against the Lakers. So I just kind of looked across the way and said, he didn't he didn't win enough in this decade to to be that guy and and that's why i went with marcus all somebody who was consistently arguably the best player on his team uh at center for the entire decade and uh was willing to change his game to be more of a modern center when it came when one of his coaches finally said hey i want you to take in david fisdale i want you to take four three pointers a game gasol finally stepped out there and started banging threes so 
I just think that there's a lot to be said about how dominant he's been as a defensive player, how uh, great he's been as a, as on the offensive side of the ball. And then he won a defensive player of the year award. And after he won a championship last year with the Raptors, I think that just kind of solidifies Mark Gasol as at least the third team center uh, on this, on this list. No, you make some great arguments. There's some other guys that we each could have put on our list and in, in, uh, in that spot. I want Dwight Howard. I mean, He's was just such a force, and it's so weird that he played his best basketball from age 23 to 26. And even outside of that era, I mean, he's still been a you know, at least a 16 and 11 guy, and he's still a, a great rim protector. He was the most dominant force since Shaq at the time. Uh, but things have not really panned out the way you would hope. He's still a very desirable player. There's a reason he keeps getting picked up year after year by all these different teams. You look at the list of teams, though, it's like, gosh, he's been to Houston, Atlanta, Washington, or last year, I guess, for only eight or nine games, but um, bouncing around quite a bit. He's still desirable, though. That's, there's a reason for that. Teams want him. They want the rim protection. They want one of the best rebounding forces we've ever seen, and maybe outside of... Andre Drummond, the best rebounder since uh, Wallace or uh, Dennis Rodman. So um, this decade didn't go as planned for Dwight Howard. He should be. We should be talking about him as an all-time great. That's not the case, but he does get on as my third center. But as I said, toughest call I had to make on this was Dwight Howard and who was going to be that third center on my all-decade team. Dwight Howard was dominant and... Um... A lot of fun to watch earlier in his career. And then it just feels like, you know, injuries slowed him down quite a bit and also ego. He wasn't ever ready to really take steps back uh, as when he probably should have been ready to start to take steps back to for winning. I think he was just too focused on getting his shots and, and getting his production and getting his minutes. And and it was. You know, it was it was almost like Carmelo esque in regards to a guy whose talent should be making him a persistent superstar, but his his ego has gotten in the way. I mean, it's kind of this, you know some of the sometimes it is the injury stuff that maybe leads to n- not being able to perform at the same level that you were before initially, and then I don't know, I don't know how to. There's a lot of ways you can you can reason these different narratives, but uh, Dwight Howard is is fine to to have as the third team center for uh for an all decade team but yeah i mean i don't i don't have a a bunch of reasons against it necessarily i guess i'll say also very durable i mean most seasons he's playing 70 plus games last year as i said eight or nine games not uh but other than that only one bad injury where he missed a ton of games in the decade so for a big guy uh pretty darn durable um do you want to get to our honorable mentions yeah, let's uh, run through them really quick. Who do you got? Uh, okay, so I went with Dwayne Wade and Derek Rose. Those it was those two and Kobe for that last spot. Uh, Clay, Clay Thompson, of course, maybe the second greatest shooter of all time, gets overlooked, and sadly, that's uh, what landed him on my honorable mentions. I just uh, Draymond and Steph to me are are the guys, and then uh, Clay is is after them, and not to mention Durant. Um, but Damian Lillard, we didn't mention him at all. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, Marcus Saul, as you said, on, on your center position, all guys. And then um, Paul Gasol, maybe Paul Gasol, maybe uh, he had, yeah, he had some good years, whether it be Lakers, Bulls. 
The problem uh, is, is that Paul Gasol, his his two best seasons probably were were those Lakers championship seasons, and you know those uh they were just outside this decade, so they don't really count. Um, but now Andre Iguodala from winning that Finals MVP for the the Warriors first Finals. Um, and, and he was you know he was a several time All Star. He was the, the the main guy on the Sixers after AI left there for a bit. Um, but Kobe Bryant, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Chris Bosh, obviously Kyrie Irving is somebody who I probably <laughs> should have had on this on this board either uh, ahead of Chris Paul or ahead of Clay Thompson. But uh, we'll just we'll just admit to that being bias. Um, yeah, that, what's, that's what we'll do. And then Derek Rose because the fact that he won a an MVP during this decade definitely makes him you know a uh, part of the group of of honorable mentions. Damian Lillard, I just, I don't know. I don't know why I couldn't bring myself to even list him in my honorable mentions. I just don't think that he's he's as obvious as the other guys. Well, because the only other guys to get on the list that didn't win a championship are Westbrook, who's just a maniac, and then CP3, who is always on very good winning teams and putting up like John Stockton-type numbers. Yeah, uh, I... Uh... Damian Lillard definitely deserves the honorable mention. And um, yeah, he's, it'd be interesting to, to really dig deep into the numbers to try to make an argument for him to be on argue, maybe even the third team, you know, uh, two guys we are, we didn't put on our list are Chris Bosch and Kevin love. And I wanted to know, suppose these guys didn't have to play third fiddle to LeBron and either Wade or Irving would Kevin love or Chris Bosch be on these lists had they been uh, the featured star of their own teams. And I know that team success has a lot to do with that, but what are your thoughts? Ultimately, I, I think you just said it. Team success has a lot to do with it. And unfortunately, if Bosch and Love didn't go join another good group of guys or another good star and compete for the championship, we they wouldn't even be honorable mentions. They just would have been guys who were very good at producing stats, but who we couldn't really, you know, like we didn't talk about Amari Stoudemire. We didn't talk about, I'm trying to think of, you know, who else from this era would, would have been a, a big producer of statistics, but who isn't somebody who we really would have considered on this team. Like Carmelo Anthony, neither one of us put him on. Right. And if you look at other websites, all decade team, he's, he's on a number of them or at yep. least in the conversation. So uh, I figured he wouldn't get, wasn't going to be on yours for just for for many reasons, but uh, he wasn't on mine either. And a lot of that has to do with playing winning basketball. And I guess you could make some arguments about Kobe being a, all, an, an inefficient scorer, similar to Melo. But uh, they're two different stories in my book. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, I can't, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. That is, you know, as similar to Carmelo, who is almost assuredly going to be a Hall of Fame level, you know, type player mm -hmm. or but who I just I'm like all decade team. No, 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 not Sorry, with pal. only 15 guys. Right. Um. Well, what do you think, Kyle? I think that about wraps things That's up about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, thank you to everybody for watching. Uh, I guess a couple of little quick news notes for anybody who gives a gives a rip. Uh, Marcus all is going to be out for a few weeks for the, for the Raptors. So that should mean lots of starting for Serge Ibaka, some backup minutes for Chris Boucher. 
and uh, that's about it there. Atlanta decided to start uh, this being six and twenty-two. Coach Lloyd Pierce said he just needed uh, we they just needed to make a change. We've already seen. Alex Len start at center. We'd already seen Damian Jones start at center. Now we get to see rookie Bruno Fernando, who has a bit of that Bam Adebayo uh, mystique to him. If you go look at his G League stats, he does a little bit of everything. So that'll be fun Fernando. to see how he plays. Absolutely. Uh, Cam Reddish was also in the starting lineup. So we saw a starting lineup on Thursday of Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, uh, DeAndre Hunter, and then... Uh, Bruno Fernando, Jabari Parker moved moved to the bench. Other than John Collins, that is this is like the young hawk. Well, and and by by featuring this lineup with you know Reddish in there at small forward, Hunter shifted up to power forward. Now we have the the door open to does Collins come back and push Bruno Fernando out of the the lineup, or does he push Cam Reddish out of the lineup? And 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 that'll be interesting to see hmm. how how they go with that there. And that's coming up just a few days after Christmas, I believe. Two two more games. Two oh, more okay. games. Yep. For Collins. Awesome. Uh, well, as Kyle said, thank you all for joining us. And we appreciate your guys' comments, your likes, your reviews, your rates. It helps us immensely. We can't thank you enough for checking out the show. For Kyle, I'm Anthony. We'll be back on Sunday night. We love you.